Disco Night here on our broadcast as uh, our uh, score at the end of two is Merrimack 2, Sacred Heart 2 here from uh, J. Tom Lawler Rink, Mike Macknick with John Leahy and second division joining us once again. It's Mike McMahon here during this first broadcast, effectively our college hockey preview broadcast. And uh, Mike, before we do uh, get into that preview there, first of all, for Sacred Heart, Josh Benson goes off there in the second period, helped off, um, had to go to the locker room. I didn't even see him on the bench as uh, they end up with Justin Robbins, a transfer from Arizona State, uh, playing the rest of that period. And looks like he'll probably finish out the game. But any thoughts there on what may have happened with Josh Benson? Only thing I can think of is, is uh, some, usually with goalies, it's usually a groin, right? Just going side to side. There didn't seem to be any contact. I mean, I looked at the replay three or four times. It didn't look like there was any contact at all. So it had to have been something when he pushed off. Could be a knee, could be a groin, something like that. I'm, I'm guessing lower body, but it's just a guess. Yeah, well, hopefully he's all right and uh, certainly going to be a key member of the, that Sacred Heart team this year. Uh, getting a look at it there maybe on the replay for those folks watching at home. Yep, exactly. Pushed off, yep. Right, right. So I think you may, you're probably right there. That probably is what it is. But um, let's take a look now at, or let's talk about uh, what else is going on around college hockey. So uh, first of all, let's stay you know, within Hockey East, the association. Uh, uh, so let's see. You've got a couple of new coaches uh, in the league this year. You've got uh, Ben Barr who is up at Maine. You've got uh, Jerry Keith, who uh, takes over now at Northeastern. And, of course, even though we didn't see them last year, still relatively new, uh, you know, up at the University of Vermont. Uh, you know, same thing. So uh, uh, let's talk about, first of all, uh, though the, the two... Uh, the two new coaches in the league and what you expect will be their impact on their programs uh, up at Maine and then now down at Northeastern. Well, we can start at Northeastern because I think that's probably the easier one. I really don't expect anything to change there at all. I mean, Jerry Keefe was uh, as involved, I would say, as any assistant coach in the country uh, prior to being elevated to head coach. Jim Madigan said it as much. I mean, he called him the most important assistant coach in the country, I think, a couple of years ago when they signed him to an extension. Not a lot of assistants have multi-year extensions. A lot of assistants are on almost kind of year-to-year deals, and I believe when Madigan signed his last extension, which I think was a three or four, maybe even a five-year deal, uh, Keefe was extended the same amount of time at the same time, and they announced it. Like, they made a press release about it. So that tells you how important he was. He was heavily involved in their program. I don't think much is going to change there at all. I don't think they're going to skip a beat. I think they're going to just kind of continue to function as normal because he was so heavily involved to begin with. Uh, up at Maine, it's going to be a little different. You know, Ben Barr is going to try to change things, I think, the way that they operate a little bit. Definitely is going to probably change the type of player that they recruit. That one I think is going to take a while. Um, you know, he, he just he, he has a rebuilding project on his hands for sure. Uh, it's a team that only won three games last year. I think the NHL saw how important Jeremy Swayman was last year. I mean, he almost not many guys in their first year of pro hockey are, are competing for, for starting minutes. And there was a lot there was a lot of people around here last year that thought he should have been the starting goalie in the playoffs for the Bruins. And, it, and he's giving uh, he's giving Linus Olmark a, a run for his money here in training camp this year too. So uh, I think. We all knew how important Jeremy Swayman was two years ago. I think you know even more so now when you look at the type of impact he had as a pro. So they only had three wins last year. There's good, that's going to be a longer project for sure. Um, but, I mean, they got the right guy to do it. Ben Barr worked under Nate Lehman, worked under Greg Carvel, worked under Andy Murray. He's uh, had a lot of success in a lot of different places. So uh, I think you know I think he's the guy to do it, but I think it's going to take some time. 
rather than, I guess, go one through 11 in hockey East and try to rank them. Let's talk about tiers. I know you had them in groupings and tiers, uh, you know, so let's just talk about who's in what tier. So that top tier of, uh, of hockey East, uh, I think we know UMass is there, the defending national champions. BC has to be there, I would say, as well, Boston College. Uh, who else do you have in that top tier? In other words, uh, programs that, uh, teams that should be challenging for the top spot this year. I have UMass in there, obviously, BC in there, obviously. I think BU could be. Uh, BU's got a lot of talent, but as we saw last year, and as we saw last year, they may be a team that can contend in the regular season. Unless they change the way they play, I don't know if they're going to be able to contend for a championship. I think one of the things about BU last year was it was such a strange year, of course, for everybody, right? But even it seemed more so for them that they had a lot of time that they, you know, they weren't able to play, and then they got into play. They played far fewer games than everybody else, so maybe maybe it's a little tough to you know to uh, to judge them based on last season. But you're right, that, that's a team that, that does seem to have a lot of talent. They, they have a ton of talent. I, I just think they overperformed. I mean, they went ten and five in the regular season and, and were getting outshot by eight shots a game. That's usually that usually doesn't happen, right? I think there's a little bit of luck there. A little bit of luck, also a little bit of skill because they are so, they are as good as they are. Um, but they're a team that could definitely contend along with BC and along with um, uh, along with UMass. The, the big thing with BU this year, I think, is going to be they're a little bit older. You know, they relied on, on a lot of sophomores last year. At least those guys are juniors this year. I think you saw how important those those upperclassmen can be when a team like Boston College didn't necessarily try to replace the holes that they had with freshmen. They went out and went after Eric Dopp, who's a grad student from Bowling Green, and Brandon Cruz. Like they went out, they they tried to address their needs with transfer portal with experienced players, and I think that's because they know uh, those teams that are built largely on on freshman sophomore classes tend to struggle, you know, in the tournament in, in playoff time. We saw it with BU last year. I mean, St. Cloud owned that game in the NCAA tournament, and who eliminated them in the in the conference playoffs? UMass Lowell, one of the teams that trends a little bit older. So I think those three are the ones that stick out for sure, but Providence and, and Northeastern, I think, could very well be in that tier as well. That was going to be my question, was Providence and Northeastern. And they looked pretty good the other night, obviously very good in their opener against Army. Uh, Northeastern, I know, fell to Quinnipiac today, but they won their other game the other day and uh, beat Brentley last week, but still seems like a team that brings an awful lot back. Can either of those teams, do they belong in that grouping with the, the other three you mentioned? Could they challenge for first? I think Providence definitely can. Uh, I'm a little less sold on Northeastern out of the box. Uh, it all depends on how the goalie plays. I mean, Devin Levi is unbelievable. Uh, shut out his first two games. <laughs> you know, uh, he's going to be a pro pretty quickly and, and could very well be a contender for the Richter Award. As a, I mean, his first year, but as a sophomore year, he didn't play last year because he was hurt. Uh, if he's that type of goalie that can steal games, their roster is good enough that they're going to win plenty. Uh, but I, I think Providence has a little bit more depth and a little more talent up front, uh, and, and maybe slightly below that that top three though, but still a team that should be able to contend. So Providence and Northeastern, Northeastern either on the verge or in that uh, close second tier. Anybody else in that second tier? I don't think so. I mean, I, mean, I think if I, I talked to talk the first intermission, if everything broke, broke, excuse me, broke right for Merrimack, where could they end up? I think if everything breaks right for UConn, they, they could potentially challenge. Um, they've got a lot of talent there too, and a lot of them comes back between Condalik and Johnny Evans and John Spetz was great on D last year. Yep. 
Darian Hansen looks pretty solid as a goaltender, and that was the biggest question. They lost Momachka, who was just their their uh, their workhorse last year. They played every minute. Hansen transfers from Union, played really well at Union, but hasn't played in a year and a half. So you kind of question, well, what's he going to look like? You know, that, that's a big ask to have somebody come in and, and be your starter after having almost two years off. He looked really good in his first two weeks. If UConn puts it together, uh, first off, a really talented player too. I think he scored today or last night. Uh, so if, if they put it all together, they're a team that, that might be able to contend. It, at the very least, they're a team that I think could contend with Providence and Northeastern for positioning for sure. Well, I think we're through two tiers now. Six teams. You got three in the first tier, three in the second tier. Uh, so I guess now we'll move on to what will be the third tier. So like seventh place on, depending how many you have there. Uh, who do you have in the, what, what will be a third tier? They're effectively challenging for the last few, last couple of home ice spots in the first round of the tournament. I think Merrimack and Lowell are definitely there. Uh, you know, UNH could be there as well. UNH, I think, needs to get better defensively. I mean, that was one of the big things last year. Uh, they just gave up a lot of goals. You know, and they got some talented players. Kelly Everton's really good. Jackson Pearson's really good. But they, they got to tighten things up defensively. UNH, Merrimack, and Lowell are probably right there as a team that I think contending for the for the last couple of home ice spots. Uh, and then I think you know Vermont is building, Maine is building, but they're they're clearly I think at the bottom right now as far as the rest of it. All right, Mike McMahon, our guest here. Uh, the score two to two, Merrimack and Sacred Heart at the end of the second period uh, nationally. Uh, let's talk about what's going on there. Uh, you know, certainly we can talk about what programs we would expect to be big, but we've also got the story of the CCHA starting up their first year. I mean, I, I don't know if we even have enough time to win all of this, but you've got the Ivy League coming back uh, after not playing last year, several other programs in the ECAC, 12 programs in the ECAC, only four of them played hockey last year. One of them Merrimack's going to see next week in being Colgate, but eight teams that haven't played in a year, a lot of players that haven't played in a year. What happens when those teams get back on the ice? Well, some of them are already, but you know, those is, is that going to be an issue this year for those eight ECAC programs? I have to imagine it will be. I mean, quite frankly, I have no idea what those teams are going to look like, because a lot of what has happened in the last 18 months was those programs lost players. They lost players, some of them signed pro deals, a lot of them transferred in the transfer portal. I mean, Cornell was... When when things came to a stop in March of 2020, Cornell was the best team in the country. Yeah. Cornell was going to... I thought Cornell was going to win the national championship. They had, what, one loss at that time or something like that? One, one or two, yeah. They lost everybody. And that was March of 2020. Yes. And, and But you look, like, they lost everybody. Everybody. I mean, there's there's not a lot of guys left on that roster that were there two years ago. Uh, so who knows what they're going to look like. They added some guys, too. And I'm sure they've got a pretty good recruiting class, but I, I just... I, I don't... No, I don't know what to expect. I think, you know, you don't know what Dartmouth is going to look like. They have a new head coach. He was hired in May of 2020. He hasn't coached a game yet. Reed Cashman. So, I mean, you just, I have no idea what these teams are going to look like. Uh, it's going to be really interesting, especially a team like Harvard or Cornell. Those Ivy League schools that are traditionally pretty good, I, I think they're still going to be pretty good. But until we see them, you just, I, I really don't know. Mike, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Before we let you go, I know in the first intermission we talked about all the other stuff. You also got the College Hockey Insider stuff going on. Uh, how can folks subscribe to that? I'll just go to collegehockeyinsider.com. So that, that's basically home to all of my national coverage, so to speak, uh, and the Mac reports home to all the Mac coverage. And there's been a lot of good stuff there, so folks, you definitely want to check that out, collegehockeyinsider.com, as well as Mike's work for the macreport.com, the Eagle Tribune. You're writing on the game tonight for the Eagle Tribune? Uh, I am, yeah. All right, there you go. So you got the Eagle Tribune. You can pick up coverage of tonight's game, neutralzone.net, where Mike covers recruiting. Is there anything you don't cover? Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> when do you sleep? Uh, a couple of hours a night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks again, Mike. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Mike. Mike McMahon's
our guest here. The score after two is two to two between Merrimack and Sacred Heart. John and I will be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hawk.